0: You have to be very clear about what your goal is. You have to stay very focused on, on achieving your goal and what you need to do to achieve your goal. And then you have to work hard and stay disciplined about about doing those things and trust yourself.
1: Welcome to the halftime snacks. My name is Ronen Imanbin. This show explores the intersection between sports, business, and technology. Are you ready? Let's go. delighted to introduce our most accomplished guest of the show yet. Originally from South Africa, is a former field hockey player who competed in the 1996 Summer Olympics. This man has over 25 years of experience working in sports and technology, along with multiple athletes, founders, investors, and organizations. Today, he's the CEO and co-founder of Sports Technology Group, a company looking to disrupt the industry, using innovative and groundbreaking technologies. It is an honor to host such an icon of the industry in the Halftime Snacks. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Gary
0: Boddington. <laughs> right, then, thank you. That's, that's an awesome introduction. I don't know if I would classify myself as an icon of the industry, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that for now, thank you.
1: It's great that you took my invitation to the show, Gary. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to learn from you and I'm sure the listeners are as well. I'd love to start our chat today by learning about your story as uh, an Olympian. Given that not every day of the week I get to meet Olympians, I'm super curious to ask you about it. More specifically, uh, I want to ask you, what are one or two things that you did in your training that helped you to win today in businesses and in life?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, at at the risk of sounding cliched, the best way to describe that is actually to use cliches, because I I, I don't think uh, any sports person is different, regardless of the sports code or the geography that you come from. Uh, And and I I think a lot of i I benefited enormously from my sports career uh, in transferring the skills that I learned there into my business career, uh, which has obviously now been Decades longer than my original sports career was, but I, I think, and, and to to go back to those cliches, it's just things like uh, you have to stay focused on your goals, you have to stay disciplined, you have to work hard, you have to have resilience to be able to bounce back. Um, you know, it's uh, and those those elements around uh, around becoming a competitive athlete at an international level are, are exactly the same and completely transferable to the business world. So, in the business world, and whether individual sport or team sport. You, know, you can look at the, the, the principles of being successful in, uh, in sport um, uh, as analogous to the principles of being successful in business. So in a, in a business environment, you've got to have a very clear goal for, for your team. You've got to get the team aligned behind that very clear goal. You've got to have very clear communication so that everybody is aligned and open channels so that everybody has opportunity to contribute. And then once everybody's aligned and clear about where everybody's going you have you got the right people in the team? Can everybody stay focused? And then once you've got all those elements together, then it's just be disciplined, stay focused, you know, get the hard work done. So yeah, there's, and I, you know, I, I don't think I'm unique in making some of these comments. I, I listen to a lot of other sports people and listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts, and it's kind of the same thing. So I apologize if that sounds a bit cliche, but I think that's that's the reality of, of, um, of trying to compete at an international level,
1: whether in sports or business that's that's great gary and what was the last piece of advice uh, your coach said to you before you competed what what is it that you remember
0: well the coaches uh you you obviously have different interaction with coaches as you develop through your career so as a younger as a younger guy growing up um, developing different aspects of your game whether technical skills or, or tactical understanding of of games you know different things changes but i think as you as you mature into the game physically and your technical skills are good and you understand the strategy and tactics behind the game uh, ultimately I, i think at that level some of the best advice i would got was i would get from those coaches at that level was was just trust yourself back yourself and again that crosses over to business as well so you know the the when you when you're competing at an international level and you've kind of You've developed over over a number of years and you've developed all the elements or all the, all the elements of your game and all the attributes physically you need to develop. You then ultimately are competing against people who've done the same thing and have, have also put in the hard yards and and, um, and So at the end of the day, you just got to you got to trust yourself and, and execute as best as you possibly can.
1: That's fascinating uh, Gary. Thank you for sharing. I think You know, considering that one of the things that has changed significantly between 1996 and today is the exponential evolution of technology. I wonder how has that taken its effect in performance and preparation of athletes um, today. As an example, in one of the articles I wrote in my digital magazine, we explored the science of sports apparel design. It has been proven throughout time that those improvements help athletes to be better, to be faster and stronger by studying the different physics of the movements and creating better designs to beat the forces that work against the body. So given your experience, I'm very curious to ask you, how is athlete, per, athlete's performance and preparation different now compared to before?
0: To be fair, I think it's probably, there's no comparison compared to where it was before. So yeah, when I was, when I was growing up as a, as a young boy back in South Africa, there used to be uh, seasons allocated to specific sports. So, and, and as most most uh, in South Africa, there's a is a very warm climate and it's very conducive to to sports. So, so everybody plays a, a lot of sports. So, you know, in the winter months, I would I would play hockey and ice hockey. Ironically, I actually, I, I competed for um, South Africa in ice hockey at an international level as well. Um, but I would play rugby, I would play soccer or football, um, and those were all kind of considered winter sports and then in summer I would play cricket and water polo and tennis or I'd go surfing so yeah, back in those days you could do all of those and that's that's the one element that has changed it's not the case anymore because because those it's not every sport has is 12 months of the year now there's no you know six months of this and six months of that uh, so that's at, at one le- level where I think it's changed enormously and and there's a, you know it's almost gone full circle because a lot of people are saying now it's Maybe it's not a good idea for a younger athlete just to focus and specialize on one sport. You know the cross training actually benefits if you want to compete in one sport, you, you can learn a lot from other sports if you're doing cross training. But I think yeah you're 100 correct. I mean we, we, I still I'm still from, I was from the generation where and probably the last generation, arguably the last generation maybe second to last where we would still have uh, you know, a beer in a change room and make friends with guys after the, after the after a test match or at an international or provincial level. And that, that a lot of that's all changed. I mean, all all sports uh, it's much more professional, and a lot of that is driven by by the introduction of sports medicine, sports uh, sports science, and and the um, the explosion of of wearables. And we've able to track data, and I think that's only just begun as well. I think the the tracking of data is is brilliant at the moment. There's some great vendors out there that produce unbelievable data. I think the challenge at the moment is really being able to aggregate that data and, and analyze that data and create better outcomes for athletes, right to the point where you know we we're having discussions about being able to benchmark yourself. If you're any young athlete, you should be able to benchmark yourself against some of the top athletes at the moment to say, Am I heading in the right direction? Is my bicep the right size? Is my tricep the right size? Is my explosive speed the right the right um, measure metric? And and if I am, if I'm not heading that way, then I can. I can uh, do the right you know, there's interventions to make to get me on the right track or if I'm not going the right way just to acknowledge that I'm actually never going to be a pro athlete um, you know that's that's potentially a reality that could happen as well and I you know it, it gets right down to I think the nice thing about high performance athletes is you can measure a lot of data you can get a lot of data and that actually crosses over to people that aren't high performance athletes so there's a lot of a, a healthy active lifestyle can be driven by a lot of the activities that athletes are doing and a lot of that can be data driven right down to you know how do you, how do you determine the ultimate football player or the ultimate hockey player or the ultimate tennis player there there are there are genomics and there's you know there's there's a lot of detail out there that you can start to track now um and, and start to work out how how you create your best athlete or how you how you coach an athlete to become the best athlete that they can be so yeah it's this to, go, to answer your question in a, to, more directly, the, I, I don't believe there is a comparison to the way we used to train, um, but clearly it's, sports are very different nowadays and it's much better all for it.
1: Totally, totally, Gary. I'll keep that in mind. That's super interesting. Taking into account your wide experience and knowledge of sports and technology, combining it also with the work and the tech trends you're exposed to consistently, I'm very intrigued to ask you, if I would give you Ten million dollars to invest only on sports technology today. How would you use it, and why?
0: Brilliant. I'm just when you're ready, to write that check. Just send it my way. I'm I'm ready for it. <laughs> um, I I think the first thing I would do is I would, I would start a fund. I'd take your ten million, start a fund, and put that as the first money in. And I would go to the market and see if I can leverage that that initial check. So whether I can go five x or ten x to raise a fund of fifty million or hundred million on that. So that would be my first step. Um, the, se- the second step would then really start to, to look at um, to, to look at investing in, in startup technology. And I, I, the, the, the space is just exploding. I mean, I spent probably seven years in the blockchain space. I was very early in that space uh, and things were going mad there. And I, and I just, I just see the, the, the number of people that are coming to the sports sector now is growing fast and the number of ideas and, and new startups is growing fast but what I've seen over the last couple of years as well is there's, there's a lot of sports people that don't understand technology. Or there's a lot of technology people that don't understand sports and, and that's a sweeping generalization because there are obviously a lot of people in, in, in the middle, but But I, I think that the, the big opportunity for the sports sector is to create more people that understand both sides. To create the stimulus with uh, with investment to allow startups to to really give ideas some flight, they're not all going to make it like every other sector but there's just some unbelievable ideas and that and that's really it's i i I'm, i mean why would i do that is around um just I, I think we're at a junction history which is incredibly exciting you know if, if you look at the sports sectors so if you if you think of all the all the modern technology that's out now there's blockchain technology with smart contracts and there's crypto tech this cryptocurrency and there's and the associated wallets and then there's ai and there's ml and there's iot and there's ar and there's vr and you know pick an acronym uh and they are all coming to sports if they're not in sport well they're all in sports but they just not kind of haven't been embraced yet and i and then if you apply if you overlay lay that into the challenge in sports around fan engagement and stadium optimization and wearables we're talking about um it's just it's such an exciting time, um, I, 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 I say to my son often, he's, he's a second year university student, and I say, I wish I was 30 years younger and back where he was, because it's just such an exciting time. And I, if you, you know, look, at the, look ahead to the LA 2028, if you, if you cast your mind forward and sitting in the stadium, we probably don't actually have to be sitting in the stadium, you can sit next to the truck using an AR or VR solution. But that's the technology that's going to be around for the Olympic Games in 2028 and Paris in24 for that matter is just going to be staggering and, and that excites me so uh, i yeah i I'd, I'd certainly I'm happy to accept your check and and I would want to invest in in uh, in helping startups to get going with the ideas and I'd also put an element of of education I'd like to invest in an education layer really to help the sector move forward because you know, part of the challenge is it's it's not a technology challenge it's a human challenge of the Of the inability or the lack of education uh, and an unwillingness to embrace digital transformation and that needs to be addressed and that's an education thing nothing else it's not a technology challenge
1: since you're an expert I would definitely invest those ten million dollars if I would have them (laughs) (laughs) but maybe in the future Gary (laughs) But, you know, I think also that what's interesting is how the pandemic has accelerated this adoption of the technology inside sports. And I think we're going to see a lot of new innovative technologies very, very soon. I mean, as, even, even before we get fans back into the stadiums. So that's going to be worth looking into, Gary. I appreciate your answer. And also given that you've worked with uh, so many founders and companies, i want to know from your perspective what's the number one reason for failure in the sports tech ecosystem
0: no i think you're quite right i mean what you just alluded to is exactly what's happening this COVID thing i mean as as nasty as it is and as horrific as as it has been on on humanity a crazy spin-off for all sectors not just the sports sector is that there's been an acceleration of 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 you know digital transformation there's been an acceptance that digital technology can actually work so there are One of the biggest frustrations uh, for, for me and the work that I'm doing is actually trying to convince my generation that are actually, in my view, are stifling innovation because they're not willing to accept that there's better ways. That, that our generation have been doing things in certain ways for so many years that it's ingrained. So when a new idea comes along, it's, it, you know, it's, it's the old change management thing. There's nothing different to what everything, every other sector. There's change management and a willingness to be open-minded to accept change. And, and what I often say is, you know, if, if you're sitting at a boardroom and your people around your table are not changing, or your gender items are not changing, and there's no discussion around technology, or there's no allocation of budget to technology, you're going to have issues. You're going to get left behind. Um, I don't think it's a failure of of the sports ecosystem. It's just a it's an evolutionary process. Uh, and and if if there is a startup that fails, it's likely because they haven't been able to get. The funding they needed to keep going, or they haven't been able to convince a traditional sports organisations to to look at adopting a digital a better solution. So I, you know, it's again I, I I think it's more about the the lack of education or the ignorance around what's available or what's possible. You know, it's, um, and and I think if it's it's just it's just that inability to embrace digital transformation. Uh, that's that's a big contributing factor to, uh, to the lack of, I wouldn't say the failure, but to the lack of more rapid acceleration uh, in, in the evolution in the sector. So, yeah, as I said earlier, it's it's entirely a human challenge. It's not a technology challenge. As we all know, and, and, and I'm certainly not gonna claim to be a smart technology guy, but I know that the guys that can write smart code, you know, that, they can do just unbelievable things with technology nowadays. That is useless unless there's a, a use case that has been addressed or a pain point that's been addressed and you've got an executive or a C-level leadership person saying, we are going to change the old way we've done things and we're going to bring in new ways of doing things.
1: Yeah, Gary, I totally agree with you. And I think that also the new generation, the, my generation are the ones that, that are bringing, I feel like this, this intersection between sports and technology in a, mo- in a more creative way that you know, are trying to replace the things in sports that either are broken or should be fixed. As we've seen, for example, in soccer, you have now VAR and they're already talking about drones, which be referees for the games. So I feel like the, the youth are the ones bringing the change. And as soon as the youth grows and matures into a more technical level, I feel like that's when we're gonna see The the like the hit and and the change.
0: If I can chip in there, I think esports is a good example of that driving of the demographic that's driving that change. So if you look at esports, that athlete, athletes that are the high end athletes and athletes are that are that are the kind of um, the home athletes, all of them will buy they'll buy a skin for their gun, uh, whatever the game is. Let's just call it skin for their gun, using Bitcoin uh, on the Lightning network. So if you pause for a moment, you think what they've done is they bought a virtual asset with a virtual currency on a virtual network. And that's that's reality. That's, you, you will not reverse that. You, that's unstoppable, it's irreversible. So that that demographic is used to that type of experience. And, and the, the, the dichotomy at the moment or the challenge at the moment for the traditional thinking uh, generation is, okay, well, those, that person has just gone ahead and, and done that transaction digitally but now I want them to open a bank account. I'm going to ask them to come into my branch and come and sit down in a, in a, in a seat and sign a piece of paper. Or I'm going to try and sell, sell them an insurance policy and I want them to come and see me in my office. And it's just not going to happen. Everything is digitally driven. And I, I just that's why I say, to, to me, it's a, it's a generational change that's going on. And I completely agree with you. What's happening is, if you look at sports organizations around the world, even the esports organizations now, a lot of them have common ownership, the billionaires, own both traditional and esports organizations now the bigger ones anyway um but very few there are a younger generation coming through but they're not at that level of decision maker they may be starting to influence the boardroom but they're not actually the final decision makers and and i you know if it'll be interesting if we could record this and listen to it again in five or ten years time because we'll laugh i think we'll laugh at some of the things we've spoken about because it'll just be normal you know all of this technology will be blockchain won't be some Weird and crazy idea. Cryptocurrency won't be some weird idea. That'll just—it's—it's just day to day normality. That's how it's gonna. That's gonna. How it's gonna roll in ten years' time.
1: For sure, Gary. And I'm sure that you know in ten years' time, someone's gonna listen to this podcast and gonna say, and he's gonna say, Gary and renan predicted it. They knew it. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: We should have. We should have partnered up with them. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that's when we get the ten million check, is it?
1: That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> And, you know, Gary, I I want to ask you, I'm very curious to know, uh, what's your take on entrepreneurship? And so what are three or four elements that you look for in sports tech entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general that are good signs that, you know, that are, you know, will be successful in their time?
0: So, you know, it's interesting because it almost circles back to right where we started. Um, As I said, as a sports person, there's certain certain basic things you have to get right if you want to compete at whatever level it doesn't matter whether you at a school level at a provincial level at a national international level there's just you 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 have to be very clear about what your goal is you have to be very clear about you stay very focused on on achieving your goal and what you need to do to achieve your goal and then you have to work hard and stay disciplined about about doing those things and and then as i said earlier trust yourself I'm, i'm going through that at the moment where you know I've, I've, we're building a platform, and I go in and talk to a lot of people, and and people don't understand the capabilities or the possibilities of a digital platform, and and you know, 25 years on, I've been an entrepreneur. I still second guess myself because people say, people that know sports really well and they've been doing sports only for 25 years, they say no, that's not going to work, and I have to keep telling myself or backing myself that I know that that's that's not a case of that my idea won't work. It's just a case of it will work but we need there's an education piece we have to get over It's not to say it works straight away out the gate but you know there's elements that can be addressed and and i think that's it's it's no different to playing sport you you know you want to get to a certain level and then you're not selected for a team or or you get an injury and you have a setback and you just have to have that resilience and 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 get up and go again and and you know nothing changes and that's not that's not that's common for any entrepreneur not a technology entrepreneur that's gonna be a retail entrepreneur whatever I think it's just you have to rec- you have to demonstrate those characteristics of of um, yeah, understand where you're going understand how you're going to get there stay focused be resilient and back yourself just just keep going and, and, and back yourself and, and that, that's the nice part about often uh, I think if if I were presented a, two resumes of two people who have very similar skills, skill sets, very, very similar academic backgrounds, very similar skill set and have got similar experience in, in kind of doing whatever particular role is. If one has been a sports person at any level and the other hasn't, I'm, my, own, my own default is to a sports person because, you know, if, if, you, if you pick a swimmer uh, that's competed at any level that swimmer knows that they've got to dive in the pool when it's cold at six o'clock in the morning and they have got to do those lengths and that's that's the hard work and that's discipline and 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 most sports people have developed those kind of characteristics of resilience and dedication so yeah I I, I think entrepreneurs are are the same whatever sector we are in it's just a it's a slightly different breed
1: Yeah, I think uh, what's great about sports that maybe it's underrated in in a sense is its capacity to mirror life and other disciplines across, you know, life like business or entrepreneurship or uh, innovation that are there, but they're not even talked about. You know, it's great to see how how, uh, there is resilience, as you mentioned, built in sports and the mentality and uh, the focus that you develop thanks to the sport is then transferred to multiple disciplines. And, you know, I love that. And Gary, I think that was so much wisdom and so much to take in and so much to, to think about. I think that's a great place to uh, wrap today's conversation. I want to really thank you for joining the call, to be on the show. I mean, your insights and your analysis is one of a kind. I mean, your personality as well. I found it super interesting and fascinating. I hope we, we get the chance to grab some snacks again in the future. But for now, thank you for coming, Gary.
0: Thank you, Ronan. Great fun. Anytime.
1: Before you leave, I want to thank you for listening. To hear these or any other halftime snack, check out the full archive on my website, which you can find on the show notes. See you next week.